Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. This week we are doing our year in review. We're talking about some of our favorite podcasts we did, articles, all that, and we have the staff of the Northeast News here. I'm Abby Hoover, the managing editor, and then we've got with us, um, Dory, do you want to go ahead? Yes, uh, Dory Partain. I'm the customer service representative. Michael Bushnell, publisher and chief news dog wrangler. I'm Brian Stalder, the creative arts director. Kristen Miller, the marketing specialist. All right, and we are all together virtually, so if there are any um, problems, that's probably the reason why. <laughs> this episode was made possible by Shemeika's online market in Delhi. So I want to start out by talking about, you know, my most recent podcast was a lot of fun. We sat down with retiring CIO Greg Smith, who's been in East Patrol his entire career. Uh, he's one of the many stories we told this year. But Mike, do you want to start out and talk about, you know, how telling these people's story really is our mission here at the Northeast Newscast? Community journalism is is a passion. and. I feel really fortunate to be part of a team that really exudes that passion and lives and breathes it. And while while the joke in the office is every interview that I do that has anything to do with editorial, I always ask one question and it has a one word answer is why did you get into journalism? Uh, that answer better say truth. But part of the truth is telling people's stories and uh, telling people stories that are an integral part of our community. And I think I think we've done an excellent job of doing that this year, and especially in such a such an oddball, crazy, upside-down year. Uh, if there's one thing that I think has been a constant, it's been the fact that we have continued to put out award-winning hard news pieces and feature pieces. Uh, for for the community at large. And that's something I'm extremely proud of. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, in the Northeast newscast this year, I only was here for half the episodes. Um, Our previous managing editor, Elizabeth, did everything up until June. But we covered literally everything, you know, from health and mental health to government and city goings on, marginalized groups. You know, we did a great series for Women's History Month, uh, a lot of the nonprofits that are based in Northeast, uh, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, and even fun stuff, you know, hobbies, interests, things like that. And it's just such a wide variety of people that I was lucky enough to get to know through all these things. And I think all of us, you know, that's what we love about the Northeast News is (laughs) we're so involved in the community, we get to know these people. Yes, that's that's very true. Uh, You know, for me, because I live in the neighborhood, the Northeast News reports on everything that I experienced myself. And I think uh, there are several other people that feel the same way. And I think one of the, you know, when I go back to some of the podcasts that Elizabeth did, one of the ones that, or two, two of the ones that really resonate with me, and they were back in February, one of them is with the incoming uh, director, new director of the American Jazz Museum, Rashida Phillips. And then uh, a couple of podcasts right after that, she sat down with uh, Loray Easterwood, who is a, a real estate agent here in town. But Loray's a, a, a girl dad. He's raising he's a single parent and he's raising his daughter by himself. And I thought, you know, that really that really speaks to, I, I think, the African-American community, because so many times you, you're there. You're talking about absent dads. And here 
you've got somebody like Loray that is is making it happen with his daughter and and successfully he's he's he is successfully balancing all the eggs and he's doing a hell of a job of it and that was that that podcast really struck home with me yeah i think that's something that the northeast newscast we really strive to do is find things that are relatable you know whether that's sharing resources or maybe just somebody who can say yeah i've experienced the same thing I was just going to say the podcast in general, I think is my favorite thing that we do. Um, I think it's very underrated, but I I'm a podcast person. So I love listening to the podcast every week and it's just so fun to hear a lot of times the things we cover in other forms, like a convert in conversation form, it makes it a lot easier to listen to. And it's just, I don't know. I love the podcast. So and I agree. I think we do a really good job of covering everything. Um, there's something for everyone in our podcast, no matter what. Now, our most popular podcast this year was actually, I don't know, me being kind of new returning to the neighborhood. It was surprising to me that this was our most popular, but it was with Walk and Charlie, who is you know, some neighborhood color around here. <laughs> Everybody seems to know him. And he got 212 listens right off the bat. And, you know, that's awesome. I just think that kind of speaks to um, the podcast and why it's so great, because it's something completely off the wall that people enjoy. It's something different than, you know, just hard news all the time or hearing about crime or whatnot. So, yeah. I think the fact that he got so many listens is the exact proof of why the podcast is so great and why people like it so much. What, one, uh, one thing that I noticed with the uh, top podcast of the year is that they were interviews with people that lived in the community, people that live here in Northeast. Uh, uh, Kirby, Randolph, Chris Binkley, Manny Abarca, and Walk and Charlie all got... Uh, a lot of listens. And I think that people um, that listen to the Northeast newscast want to hear what their neighbors have to say and want to hear their neighbors' experiences uh, in this neighborhood. I agree. Um, you know what? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know walking Charlie if if you saw him walking down the street, seriously. Um, or if you saw him in Price Dropper, unless he walked up to you uh, and started talking to you. And the fact that that he garnered the number of listens and everybody, if you if you remember this, everybody was really really complimentary of that podcast on on our social media platforms. Oh, you did Walking Charlie! I think that's great. Oh, I love that guy. He was blah 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 blah, and it really brought up a lot of the old conversations in regards to Kendall Core. And you know, we didn't have this technology back then, but. You know, that would maybe that's one of those things. Let's for for 2021, let's start sitting down with some regular folks and see what they got to say about the community. I'm looking forward to that. I first brought walking Charlie when I first moved to the neighborhood. And yeah, he was kind of up there with Kendall Core as far as like how people knew him, how he, you know, walked around the neighborhood and just went to all the restaurants and all the businesses and hang up at the fire station. Uh, I think he was kind of like a mini me for Kendall Core for many years. And so uh, it's always interesting to see what Charlie has to say. Yeah, for sure. 
One thing I appreciated, and it wasn't something I was even trying to do, but it just happened that way because of the neighborhood we live in. But we have a ton of diversity within the people I interviewed this year. Uh, you know, people who have been refugees, immigrants. Um, we did the history of the Jazz District. We did a lot of services that help those communities. You know, like Samaritan's Wings, um, Youth Rise KC Soccer, the Latino Arts Festival that they did virtually in May. Um, there's so many things that other communities might find it hard to cover, but they're here right in front of us and we get to take advantage of that. I've really enjoyed, I listened to the, the podcast with Rawl from the, uh, from the chamber before I ever actually had the opportunity to meet him. And he is just a really friendly guy. And as I have done a lot of my work on Independence Avenue, trying to interact with, uh, business owners as I build the uh, the CID spread for the paper every week. Rawl has joined me and he's really helped me uh, communicate with the business owners and break down some of the uh, some of the apprehension or, or tension between uh, talking to the newspaper. And so I I think that uh, Rawl uh, was a really fun was a really fun podcast as well. Yeah. And for those who don't know his story, he um, he's an immigrant to Northeast and he was a business owner for a long time. And once he put his kids through school, he decided to go back and get his degree. And now he's working with the Chamber of Commerce uh, as their management intern. And he's doing you know great work to try and connect all of the immigrant business owners and really all the business owners in general that are on the avenue and in Northeast. We also got to do a lot of well, a couple political reporting things, you know, Elizabeth interviewed the mayor once and I did again in November. And we also broadcast the House of Representatives District 19 candidate forum that we hosted with the chamber, as well as interviewing um, Barbara Ann Washington, who was the 23rd district state rep. Uh, you know, those are kind of the more newsy angles that we took on the podcast this year. And I think those are just as important. Being being in a political year like this in an election year, I think that the interview with Barbara Washington as well as the the uh, candidates forum that we did prior to the election, I think that and when you look at the the attendance on that one event, there was over two hundred and twenty five people in attendance, both virtually and in in person for that event. And when you look back at the mayoral forum that we did it in the gym at Northeast high school. Um, there was probably that many people in attendance in person. So I think it's a, it's a testament to our, I guess, flexibility, if you will, our ability to, to pivot on a moment's notice and, okay, we're going to do this virtually. Let's take a look and see what our audience is and let's go from there. Um, because it was very well attended on all of the platforms. And I think that, uh, speaks to everybody's versatility. Yeah, and I completely forgot that, you know, I did the interview with the election board, kind of getting out some information ahead of the election, you know, because I know a lot of people were concerned this year with everything from registration to all of the concerns with getting there and how their vote would be counted and things like that. So I think the podcast really provides the opportunity for us to dive deeper into some of those stories that honestly won't fit in the paper. 
So now do we want to talk kind of about some of our, you know, favorite print stories that we covered? 2020 was a historic year in so many ways. And unfortunately, Kansas City's homicide record was broken. And, you know, one of the things we did was write out a list of every person who died from a homicide in Northeast. And we've been updating that as they come in, but kind of putting their names out there so they aren't forgotten, so their stories aren't, you know, just lost in the wind. Um, That's one of the important things we do to connect to our specific community. That, I think, that ticker, if you will, really brings home the numbers for us as a community because, you know, up till, up till 2020, you know, Northeast didn't break the single digits in terms of homicides ever. And, and I think at this stage of the game on what, whatever today is the 22nd of December, you know, we're sitting at what 30, 32 or 29 in Northeast, something like that. It's an ungodly number. And I think it's a microcosm for, that sad homicide statistic citywide that we're, we're bumping 180 and we got another week left. So yeah, that, that wasn't a pretty statistic to put out there, but I think it needed to be put out there. So for those of you who live in Northeast, I, you know, Kristen and I don't live here, but I mean, we live close enough. And does it make a difference in the way you live your life that the Northeast news is sharing the crimes that are happening right here in this community? Well, I, th- I think people really want to know what's happening. Like, well, this happened like a block away from me, and I didn't know about it until I read about it in the Northeast News or I saw it on their on their Facebook page, you know. Um, so I think that we really have to look at it that way. Um, I often think that we do a better job because we know the neighborhood then when the news crews from the TV stations, they come out and they have the wrong address and they interview someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. I think that we try a little hard because it is our neighborhood and we want to get we want to get it right. You know, we're not just trying to get a sensational story for the six o'clock news. I think I think that's one of the key things is, you know, living here. And I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, we live here. We're embedded here. So. When, when I leave, when I lock the front door, I drive through the community that we cover, and I, it, it doesn't change the way that that I approach what I do or my family approaches what they do. For me, it's it's part of delivering factual, a good you know factual news and a good journalism product to the community. There's no for sale sign in my front yard because of the homicide rate. Let's put it that way. And I mean, you know, from break-ins to armed robberies, there were other crimes that happened this year, too. Um, But I'd like to say, you know, some good things came out of them. Like when Whatsoever Community Center was broken into, the local um, owners of McDonald's stepped up and helped them buy new equipment. Or when that, you know, botched robbery in the ice cream man earlier this summer, you know, the community stepped up and they made sure his medical bills were covered. They made sure he was taken care of, that he didn't have to worry about getting back to work right away. You know, what does that say about our community? Uh, I think it says that, you know, we again, we know these people. I mean, uh, the Palatero 
that was uh, shot, you know, people, they recognized him from buying ice cream from him. So when they found out something bad happened to him, they were willing to step up and say, hey, this is something I can do. Maybe it's not $100, but I can give $10. You know, every little bit helps. I think there's a certain desensitization that takes place. And, you know, having lived here 30 years, um, and had one car stolen. We've been broken into once. And then in October, I was getting ready to go out for my run, and I interrupt a, a, a burglary. Some guy's in my van, and I called him out, and he points a gun at me. He draws down on me. And, you know, that's how I'm standing on my front porch in my front yard. And, you know, he they run back into their van and then they pop one off, whether it was in the air, whether it was towards me, whether it was at the house, towards the house. I don't I have no idea. But um, when PD arrived, they didn't recover one forty caliber shell. So, you know, after that, I was you know, the adrenaline was going like crazy. But I. <laughs> I, I got my my act together. I, I came into the office and it was just another day. And within 40 minutes of that occurring, it was situation normal. And I was making my coffee. I was eating my toast. I, you, know, I, you know, how do you how do you speak to that? And there, I, like I said, I think there's a certain desensitization to a lot of the bad things that happen in the community um, the longer that you're here. And that's a conversation that I've had with Bobby and a number of other people that have lived here a long time. I mean, I, that I think speaks to one of the other big stories we covered this year was the unhoused population in Kansas City. You know, one of our biggest stories uh, that got a lot of traffic was cleaning out the underpass under the bridge uh, at 435 and 24. And, you know, just a few months later, we had no idea, you know, we were headed into a pandemic and all these things. And even more people are homeless now than ever. But what are the solutions, you know, the steps moving forward? And I think one of our great podcasts, I got to sit down with Merging KC to kind of set the record straight about some of the behind the scenes work that's happening toward building a tent camp for those unhoused people and where that's going to be in the long run and how it's going to change the landscape of wherever they place it you know there are big issues happening and they need solutions and getting the community's input on those is you know more important now than ever wouldn't you say just to kind of tie it all together i think that 2020 in general has brought to light a lot of disparities and inequalities that are going on um, that we either knew were there or didn't Um, but i think that northeast specifically it's brought to light that there are a lot of things that Northeast already has in place or does to help certain populations. Um, and also kind of what needs to be worked on or what still needs to, what problems still need to be solved in order to, you know, make everyone's quality of life better with housing and violence and mental health and everything. So. Yeah. And some of those groups are based, you know, right here in Northeast and, I think a lot of people don't know about them, especially until, you know, they're put in the Northeast news or maybe on the podcast, but we have the opportunity to share those people and their missions. I think the the podcast that you did with Houston, number one was incredibly timely, but it also helped to get uh, facts out there in regards to the city's unhoused population and a solution, a viable solution that 
that he's being extremely transparent about. And I listened to that podcast and it was, and I, and I shared it on a number of social media platforms in a number of rooms. And I did that because everybody was all freaked out about the downtown council. Oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to, and here's Houston speaking, uh, well, if you want to call it that truth to power in regards to that particular situation. And I'm glad we did it. And I think it went a long way to uh, to diffuse a lot of people who, you know, run around with their hair on fire about about a proposed tent camp. And I, that that I think is is key to what we do on a daily basis. So, I mean, you know, 2020, as awful as it was, you know, for all of us, <laughs> it did have some bright spots, you know, like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. <laughs> I forget that was even this year because it seems so long ago. Right. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the streetcar is expanding, which runs just to the west of us. Uh, there's PIAC funding coming to St. John for traffic calming, which has been an issue for years. And there's other revitalization projects going on. You know, the Northeast Library is about to reopen their renovated branch. The Kansas City Museum's almost there. Um, you know, there's so many awesome things happening here that deserve the attention that we give them. Well, I think at this point, we're all just looking forward to 2021 when these, some of these things do happen, like the library is open and the museum is open and they'll have like the new cafe and all these new exhibits. So at least we have some things to look forward to in the upcoming year. Yeah. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shemekas Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shemekasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shemekas, where customers become friends and friends become family. And now back to the newscast. One of my favorites was was doing the Joveno piece. And it, you know, it's sad to lose a guy that, you know, cut hair on the avenue for 60 plus years. And I, and I totally get, you know, why he took a walk when he did. Um, that said, it was, it was a pleasure sitting down with him and, you know, and to her credit, to her credit, you know, that was Daisy's first live interview in the office and, and she did it. And she actually, we both, Joe Veno and I both, you know, kind of had a little tear to our eye. But every time Joe talks about that interview, he cries. And when we presented him with that front page, he had tears in his eyes. And he spoke very, very highly of, of Daisy and the questions that she asked during that interview. And that's, you know, that's a 21-year-old kid coming in and interviewing you know, the outgoing, you know, king of barbers on the avenue for, for lack of a better term. But just his reaction to us doing that, nobody else was going to do that piece. Nobody did. And that's the importance of community journalism right there. And I, you know, Daisy knocked it out of the park with that one, pure and simple. And I think that's, you know, essential to our mission also is the education part. Almost every semester, we have at least one intern, and this is real on-the-street experience. You know, you're not getting anybody coffee. You're not making copies. You're doing it. And 
Honestly, when I started here as an intern in 2017, I was scared to pick up the phone and call somebody I hadn't met before. And look at me now, you know, I'm recording a podcast. (laughs) But, you know, it's those experiences, those stories you can't tell without being so embedded in the community. That's right. Yeah. And I asked, that's one of the interview questions that we asked, you know, potential interns. Number one, we, we are working in the city's urban core. Number two, you know, this is, this is a working internship. You're going to be an editorial assistant. You're not, you're not, you know, going and taking my dog to the groomer or getting my dry cleaning that, that I have any dry cleaning because I don't, but, um, no, you're you get a story assignment your very first day and you best turn it around. Otherwise, we're going to have some issues. And I think some people are surprised by that, but that's how you grow in your field. And the number of people that are still in uh, the communications field that have come through our program anyway, I, I think is is fantastic. And it speaks to a quality program. I just want to add that it's really fun to uh, to work with some of the interns that we've had in the last couple of years, uh, whether they're working on the back to school issue or just like during the school year, that they bring like a, a new uh, perspective. Sometimes you see it through their eyes, you know, as they get started in journalism. So it's really fun. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. You know, we have a very small staff here, but, you know, we have a differing set of opinions. We have different life experience that we can bring to the table. And, you know, when we are telling objective stories and hard news, obviously our opinions don't interfere with those things. But having that collaboration between people who can still work together and bring those things to the table, I think is really important, especially in a community that is so diverse. Uh, One of my favorite things, you know, What we call hard news is important, and of course, sharing it is essential to the fabric of this and honestly, every community. But sometimes our favorite stories don't really involve, you know, scandals or taxes or crime or any of those other bad things that 2020 threw at us. We got to cover a unique and diverse community that's full of life and history and promise of the future. Uh, We got to share a lot of people's stories this year. Some of them are longtime Northeast residents. Some of them are new to the area, but like Mike said, Joe Venno, the barber of Independence Avenue, you know, nobody else was going to tell his story or Ray Kopech, who is the senior Olympian from Kansas, you know, or the Italian immigrant, Tony, who has the biggest garden in Northeast, I'm sure, but things that you could just drive right by if you took the highway instead of coming through. Yeah, I, I know that uh, some of the uh, most shared and most popular stories uh, tend to be crime-related or uh, with the, the truck at uh, Wilson Road and Independence Avenue. But uh, my favorite part of working for Northeast News, and and I think that my favorite thing that we produce here, are those uh, feature stories that just tell about the lives of people who who live in the community, who've grown up in the community, who have invested in the community. Uh, just uh, nothing, nothing necessarily consequential or um, uh, you know hard news, but just uh, getting. I mean, uh, the the having a community paper that can tell 
the stories of their neighbors um, and the and the people that live in their community and how they how they live their lives, what their experience in this community is. Uh, that that is my favorite thing that Northeast News does. And uh, so I've I've really enjoyed reading uh, some of those stories this year, particularly uh, Tony's story about the the garden. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it even better when he stops by to bring you eggplant. Huh? Yes, that was so <laughs> good. He can do that anytime. There's, I'm not an eggplant person, and that that shit was the bomb. Period. The end. Censored. <laughs> so edit that. You know, and then talking about people who are investing in the community, you have two women, Christine McDonald and Bobby Joe Reed, who have probably the worst experience of being in Northeast, you know, as people who are trafficked and as people who struggled with addiction and things like that. And then coming back to Northeast to help those same people, you know, spending time here, investing in property. Uh, Christine's place is about to open on the Avenue and Bobby's been on St. John for gosh, years now. Yes. She's a neighbor. Honest to God, I live like around the corner from their very first healing house location. And at first, I think we were all a little concerned about what she was doing. And now she has multiple properties uh, all in that area of St. John and Elmwood and Kensington. And um, I've never had a problem with what she's doing. Uh, I think it's great. And uh, I hope she's able to continue for years to come. Does anybody want to talk about you know, maybe their favorite thing that we covered this year, whether that's something you actually enjoyed reading or something that was just really important and essential for the community to know. I just want to go back and say that um, we did like the the postcard series this year about the baseball parks. Yeah. And that was inspired by a trip that we had to the T-Bones game. We got to go uh, sit in the suite and just have, you know, staff fun time together and that came from that um because we did the route 66 a year before and it was really fun to you know to like take this virtual trip around the country to a lot of these ballparks that don't exist anymore and then with remember this you know to offer up some some baseball items that might be kind of unique as well and uh we don't get a lot of feedback on stories like that but i i do believe that people do enjoy at least reading something that's different and it's not always about this happened here and that happened here. Let's just have some fun. I think especially, you know, being in such a historic area and honestly, our print product is probably mostly read by older people who enjoy that that history and things like that. But the history of Northeast is so great. And honestly, our Italian issue, which was completely coincidental, but we had the return of Shamekas. We had Tony, the Italian gardener. That was one of our most popular issues. We couldn't keep the box full out front. And we ran out. Yeah. I think a lot of people who have moved away from the Northeast still look to us to find out what's going on here. That is definitely true. Absolutely. And when you look at that and at our web numbers and where that traffic is coming from, and, you know, 99% of it, well, I would say, you know, at least 95% of that traffic is right here in the region. And that speaks to people that either were born here, they grew up here, they moved out of here, and they still want to keep track of their old neighborhood. 
And I think part of the part of that community journalism aspect, I mean, at least for me, is we write for those people also. And those are the pieces, even even the Dory D'Angelo obituary. And while it's sad, you know, that she really brings home as as kind of her mantra that every time an old person passes away, a library closes. And, and that kind of makes me want to let's get out there and talk to some of these old people and 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 tell their stories. And, you know, that's where that puts us right back into our community. And that's telling people stories. Um I'll also go on to say that one of the more fun things for me, at least in 2020, and I'm glad Brian pushed me to do this, and that was kind of a spur off of our Route 66 series. And then uh, he came back and pitched, you know, doing the Negro League ballparks. And, you know, once spring training was over and, you know, the COVID spike hit, we, we moved, we started to move around the league and profile, you know, different ballparks and, uh, there's stuff in there that I didn't know. You know, that's that's how I found out that the late Charlie Pride actually played Negro League ball. He was uh, he was a Negro League baseball player prior to going into country music. What? Really? What? Charlie Pride? That piece of 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 history that that I didn't know. And so when he passed away, I said, "One thing big surprise to me that right there we knew that back in March or April." And so that series of Negro League cards and, you know, that for me, it was fun to learn all of that new history and how these teams evolved and who got called up to the big show and who didn't. Um, and a lot of times that make, didn't make a lot of difference. But how relevant is that that just last week Major League Baseball made the decision to say, yeah, these guys' stats mattered and they get to be included with all of the rest of the pro stats from Major League Baseball all the way back to day one. And if you had read the Northeast News, you already knew that. <laughs> so true. Does anybody have any, you know, closing thoughts to close out the year? I know everybody's excited for 2020 to be over. <laughs> I was just going to say one more thing I thought was really fun this year was our series we did on Instagram, where people in the neighborhood, what they were doing, making um, during quarantine. And we highlighted all of that. I thought that was really neat. A lot of people really enjoyed that. And it kind of, I think it kind of brought people together knowing they weren't alone being stuck in their house when this all started and we didn't really know where it was going to go. So, yeah, I mean, with COVID and everything, we really got creative this year. And I commend you guys who were here from the very beginning of it, you know, for getting out there and still being able to cover community events and help neighbors feel connected to each other in a time where, you know, they can't have meetings, they can't have parties, they can't host events. It was tough. <laughs> yeah, you find a way to work around it, you know, and just to assure everybody that, you know, yeah, we're being socially distant. Uh, we're wearing masks when we need to mask. Um, we're, we're working remotely when we need to work remotely. And um, doing the Zoom meetings, just like everybody else, you know. I don't think that we personally, you know, as a staff, said you know, this is what we're doing to make sure that we can still bring you the news every week that you expect to have in your driveway or when you log into Facebook or whatever. Um, but yes, you know, it's been a challenge, and we we've worked around it just like everybody else. You know, everything turning upside down in March, and in a lot of ways, things are still upside down and. Um, to echo kind of what Dory said, um, you know, we're still, we're still talking to each other and that, that's a good thing. 
uh, and the commitment, and this is nice for people that don't realize, and from a boss's standpoint, here again, you know, I, you, y'all know me, I hate to be a boss, and I didn't have to be a boss a whole hell of a lot this year, and that, to me, that's, that's everything, you know, not having to do that, and, you know, having everybody that knows what needs to be done, and when it needs to get done, and, regardless of what the earth throws in away, we all pitch in and get it taken care of as, as part of the same team. So I'm really tickled to be part of, of, of what we do on a daily and weekly basis and, and the commitment that we have to community journalism and continuing to put out an award-winning news product for our community. So hoorah for you guys. And thank you very much. You make what, I have to do extremely, extremely easy. So thank you very much. You're welcome. So, so in, uh, as we're getting to the end of 2020, and as we've all pointed out that, uh, man, it just seemed like a, a terrible year. Uh, I've been reading the Northeast news and it doesn't seem like it's been so terrible. I've been reading about people opening businesses and I've been reading about people learning a new instrument or picking up a new hobby. And um, I mean, I, planted a garden in my backyard. I've never had a, had a garden before. And, um, so in the midst of all of these difficult things that we've all experienced this year, I think it's been fun to see some of the positive things highlighted in the Northeast news. Yeah. And I just want to mention, it's one story that we didn't cover, but it's something that people have had in the back of their minds for years was the Fawn Cox cold case finally was solved. And that was through the work of Operation Legend and a couple other federal uh, programs that were happening here. And, you know, those are things that we follow through till the end. You know, I'm sure the Northeast News covered it when it happened. And here we are in 2020 and we finally have a resolution. And I think that's a lot of things Um because we've been here so long, we're a staple in the community. We're here to tell stories through to the end, whether that's a month or 25 years, you know, whatever it takes. I agree. And kind of to what Brian said, I think we did a really good job of covering um, COVID when it needed to be covered, but also um, covering other things and the positives that were going on to kind of help break the monotony and just give somebody, give people something else to read and look forward to other than just COVID in their face on the news 24 seven. Yeah. So as we wrap this up here, you know, looking forward to 2021, we're going to be here. We're going to keep doing our thing, bringing you the essential news, the fun news, the great features, all the history that Northeast has to offer. And if you want to hear something from us, if you want somebody to be interviewed. If you want their story told, reach out, you know, stop by our office, message us on Facebook, email us at northeastnews at socket.net. You know, we're here. We want to know what you want to know. You know, we're, we're a reflection of the community that, that we live in and that we cover. So if our community, if the members of our community have a story idea, or if they think that that someone or somebody is newsworthy, then please, by all means, reach out to us, give us a phone call, shoot us an email. You can message us on any one of a number of different uh, social media platforms. And, um, you know, we, we might not cover that story, but a lot of times we will cover that story because that's great community journalism content. And 
that's that's what this community means to us. <laughs> For sure. Probably will. No matter what time or how much notice you guys. <laughs> and with that, we will conclude our annual year in review with the Northeast News staff. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to the Northeast Newscast. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> this episode of the Northeast Newscast was made possible by Shemeika's online market in Delhi.